Welcome to IMEC Regional 2021 Podcasts. The show is dedicated to present research results of Polish scientists as authors or co-authors of papers presented during the Regional Conference of European Marketing Academy. The regional conferences are aimed to attract researchers interested in marketing issues, in changing and growing markets, and regarding a regional perspective. The project has been supported by the Polish National Agency for Academic Exchange under the program Welcome to Poland. My guest is uh, Dr. Piotr Kwiatek, co-author of paper presented during EMAC Regional 2021 conference, the paper under the title Dimensions of Value-Based Selling, the Impact on Company Performance. So thank you, uh, Piotr, for agreeing to be a part of this uh, project. Uh, can we start with some basics? What is value-based selling? Hey, hello. First of all, thank you very much for having me. Uh, value-based selling, uh, we can say that this is simply selling based on value for and with a customer. This is not a new approach. It has been circulating for more than a decade, but it's actually the last decade that it uh, like really took off. So there are several different definitions of that, but this is generally speaking a sales approach that builds on identification, quantification, and communication of customer value. So I would say that this is um, very far-reaching and internally embedded in a, in a company concept of co-creating value with the customer. So to, to put it simply, I would say quantifiable value for and with the customer. Uh, okay, and uh, what uh, was the main goal of your research? We wanted uh, to identify the dimensions that are actually appearing in the previous uh, studies and verify to what extent different dimensions of value-based selling contribute to company performance, meaning the sales performance and the market performance. This was the main goal. Okay, so and uh, what was the, the method uh, you have in your, uh, your paper, you used in, in your paper? Well, actually, uh, there were two uh, parts of the study. The first part was uh, the factor analysis to make sure that the factors that or the dimensions that we identified from the previous studies actually hold ground, so are reliable. And the second was more uh, based on uh, modeling, predictive modeling, to verify the, uh, the hypothesis that we formed of whether certain dimensions of uh, value-based selling contribute more to sales versus market performance. So these were the method. This was a, a survey-based uh, study with uh, close to 150 Danish companies. And what did you find? Well, thank you for this question because uh, this is the most important element, we would mm -hmm. say. And I would say, uh, I would start with uh, something that may sound pretty obvious, but nevertheless, uh, it appears to be a very important element, uh, not only for value-based selling. So the dimension that contributes the most to uh, market performance of a company is, uh, well, top management priority. So when I was saying at the beginning, when you asked me the question, what actually value-based selling is, I, I also said that it is embedded within a company. But what we discovered is that actually this is the prioritizing uh, of this value-based approach that makes it work. 
So this is what we discovered. And though it may sound like pretty obvious, we also had some follow-up um, discussions with managers. And they're saying like, you know, it's sometimes uh, on when we are on the job, it's so easy to forget uh, if there is no like top-down priority management of this value-based approach. So this was the first, like the biggest contributor. The second is um, sales enablement. So I would say whether the systems and tools are in place to actually support salespeople and facilitate their work in co-creating the value with, uh, with customers. And it has an impact both on the sales performance as well as the market performance. I should also note that uh, in this kind of studies, the measures are relative. So both sales performance and market performance are actually identified as relative to competitors. And the reason for this, uh, for this approach is that when customers are evaluating competitive offers, they are actually comparing different suppliers because, well, I didn't mention it, but we are discussing the like business markets context, so uh, typical B2B. Uh, so these measures or our outcomes are actually relative outcomes. So not in the absolute sense, but comparing to, to competitors. And then the third contributor in terms of strength, both to sales performance and market performance is, and again, it might not be a surprise, but uh, well, I will still mention it, of course, it's sales training. Uh, well, value-based selling is a very interesting concept. Uh, well, we may say broadly that it's connected that it is linked with co-creating value, which sounds very, uh, very ambiguous. So to put it in more practical terms, when we would think that company would like to uh, increase sales, taking into account the current customers, so without acquiring new ones, then to make more sales, you have simply two possibilities, either to cross-sell, so the same customers are buying more of your products, or to go for upsell which means uh, in simple words that your current customers are buying more expensive products from your offer. The question is why should they buy more expensive products from your offer? And the, the answer to this, to this question, so the answer for upselling is actually whether they can see more value in purchasing more expensive products from your offering. And this is where actually a value-based selling uh, plays its role. Okay, um, you did uh, your research in the context of B2B business. Do you think that uh, uh, your, your findings are, are also or could be implemented also in B2C context? Well, it's a very interesting question and thank you for this. Uh, to some extent, I would say uh, yes. I, well, uh, obviously, I'm not able to say that we can just copy paste it to consumer markets. But at the end of the day, uh, also as consumers, we are spending our money based on value. So the question is, well, whether should we should buy product A or brand A versus product B? And we make this decision, of course, taking into account many different factors. And sometimes it's, it can be a habit. Sometimes it can be, well, some elements that are not just spark the idea to buy this product over, over the other. But usually we are taking this value concept uh, into our consideration also in consumer markets. Whether this, uh, these results are transferable, I would say, of course, it depends also what kind of consumer products are we discussing, whether it's a bar of chocolate 
some consumables, of course. yeah, or whether we are going so for some home appliances or, or or stuff like that. However, I should mention that uh, at least some of the companies that were in our uh, that were in our sample, well, these are we were investigating the B two B part of this company. Though some of them were actually uh, like hybrid companies, so they were offering products to consumers. So they were marketing to consumers as well. But to make their products available to uh, to consumers, they actually had to sell first to all different sorts of distributors or retailers. And this was the B2B element. So and during this follow-up discussions, we also had... Uh, this kind of questions that we ask the managers, do they think that consumers are paying attention to the, to the value, whether it, it, I don't know, it, it makes sense on consumer markets? And they were saying, yes, of course, but they are calculating it, they, meaning consumers, in a bit different way. Okay, thank you for the answer. Um, uh, Piotr, the research was conducted in Denmark um, among uh, Danish uh, companies. Do you see its usefulness also for uh, researchers and practitioners in other countries? Well, definitely, yes, uh, because uh, I will try to support this definitely that I use. Uh, some of these companies, uh, for example, they have extensive business operations uh, also in Poland and in other uh, European countries, even beyond Europe as well. And uh, these main processes, so buying and selling in business-to-business context, of course, it can differ to some extent in different cultural settings. Uh, but nevertheless, this specificity of making uh, purchase decisions in business-to-business is uh, very much alike around the world. How negotiations, for example, are carried out, of course, it's uh, highly influenced by cultural context. But the way decisions are calculated or the cal- decisions are made well, it doesn't uh, differ that much. So I would say, well, I cannot guarantee that this is 100% transferable, but at least within the context of Europe, or, well, I I should say like European Union, uh, I would say that this result uh, should hold. But of course, I would encourage uh, fellow colleagues uh, also to investigate it further. Uh, Okay, somehow you have uh, already mentioned um about uh, the significance of your research, but if you could emphasize, what is the significance of your research for the economy? Not for the, pro- just, you know, uh, some uh, uh, practitioners, but uh, for the economy. For the economy itself. So uh, mm. this is really a big question. I, I, and I would say like this, if there is more business being done, well, obviously there should be more taxes being paid. So for this, this would be important to economy. On the other hand, uh, of course, if more B2B elements are being sold, it means that the investments are going up and the consumption is going up in the supply chain. So I would say this uh, results, if we can improve selling, we not only selling and buying, of course, because, well, we cannot sell if somebody else is not buying. So if we can improve this, of course, there are effects for economy in terms, I don't know, of taxes, in, in, in terms of uh, better business climate, in terms of improved business indicators. So in a broader sense, uh, I think that uh, 
there are some elements that I would uh, say link to benefiting the economy as such. But of course, it's too small of a research to say that it can have an impact of shaping, for example, the policies. I really like your answer. Thank you very much. Thank you. So what do you think is the most important message to come out of your research? The most important message? The most important message that I would say uh, would be like this. Value-based selling, uh, first of all, is not for everybody. It's not for every type of company. It's not for every kind of business. Second, it's not for all the customers. You will always have customers that are more transactional-oriented, more price-oriented. But on the other hand, you will always find customers that are more prone to shaping the relationships and are more oriented towards value. The message is, if you can, or first of all, identify this type of customers and then build the whole culture within your company that starts with top management priority and includes these nine dimensions that we uh, investigated in the value-based selling, then you can really uh, see the improvements in your sales performance and your market performance. So it, it was not the, maybe the shortest message that I can give, but I think uh, <laughs> this would be the underlying one. Okay, so uh, what are your research plans for the future? Do you have any research plans, further uh, research plans connected to uh, value-based selling? Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. Uh, thank you for for asking me this. Uh, one of the, uh, the, the projects that is currently uh, ongoing is actually connected with your previous question. So whether this results would hold for different companies in a different sample. Uh, so we are planning on having a very similar, uh, very similar study uh, in Poland and in Germany to also verify different contexts. And to see the, uh, the potential of value-based selling in a highly commoditized business to business. So what we are also interested in, because you see the, the basic idea of VBS and the, the authors of this whole concept, so it's mainly coming from Nordic countries, they are assuming that VBS is not uh, for every, every company. It's not for everybody. It's for these kind of companies that are offering more complex solutions, more complex products. But as I mentioned, we could also see that even in transactional business to business, there is a potential to find uh, segments of customers large enough that are prone to this value concept. So we want to see uh, whether this kind of an approach can be used in highly commoditized markets and to what extent this would be a, like you know, a feasible approach from the business perspective, because the theory says, okay, in transactional markets and highly commoditized markets, well, this is the price and availability of a product that matters the most. Okay, fine. But does it exclude the possibility that there are reasonably big segments of customers for value-based selling? So this is the, the follow-up that we want to, uh, mm -hmm. that we want to introduce. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Piotr, for the interview. Thank you. And uh, very interesting findings. Thank you very much once again. And you are listening to EMAC Regional 2021 podcasts. And my guest was uh, Dr. Piotr Kwiatek. Thank you. Thank you.